Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Sunday, December 23rd, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 294 featuring the Boston Globe's Gary Washburn is sponsored by Action Heat. Save 20% on your order by going to actionheat.com slash Boston. That's actionheat.com slash Boston, or use the coupon code BOSTON at checkout to save 20%. Today's show also brought to you by Robinhood. Get a free stock when you sign up at Celtics.RobinHood.com. And the show, finally, brought to you by Blue Chew. Visit BlueChew.com to get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code CLNS. Just pay $5 shipping. Well, the Celtics' eight-game winning streak was fun. A loss to the lowly but suddenly surging Suns. Obviously, not as good. Inconsistencies back. The injuries, well, those remain consistent. But on the heels of Rick Pitino accepting a job to coach a team in Germany, of course, we're reminded it could be much, much, much worse. Welcome into this edition of Celtics Beat. Great to be back with you and a whole lot to cover. I'm here with a man who does a hell of a job covering the green and the rest of the NBA, for that matter. Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe. Gary, how's it going? Everything's good. Everything's good. All right, well, full disclosure for the listeners, because this show drops on a Sunday. We are talking prior to the Friday Bucks game, but honestly, in my feeling, win or lose, even against a good team, that's really not going to change a whole lot of this conversation, because as always, more of a big-picture show than looking back on, say, that Suns loss in particular. So let's look big-picture, Gary. 30 games in as we chat right now. I think I speak for all Celtics fans when I say, what the hell's going on? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's been a, a topsy-turvy ride so far, the first 30 games. Uh, no one expected 18 and 12, uh, fifth place in the Eastern Conference, and kind of now looking at basically trying to get maybe a top three seed as opposed to the top seed. I mean, the top seed's still attainable, but they're going to have to go on a run here, and I'm you know, the eight-game winning streak was nice, but, you know, you follow that by losing to Detroit, went lost six in a row, and Phoenix, who was 7-24, and and I think 1-13 and on the road, entering the game. I mean, to me, that's the worst loss of the season, but, mm. you know, I, I don't, I, I just don't buy the whole, well, they were injured, so what? I mean, it's the worst team in the league, and you're 12-point favorites, so they're coming in, and you've got three days off and you lose, you know, and basically you get spanked the last three quarters. 
and it's just becoming a point where the Celtics just can't figure them out. You know, I mean, uh, I think that Phoenix game was a real testament to who they are. They just look lost on offense at times, and then here comes Kyrie trying to do his magic. And if that doesn't work, then suddenly they don't have anybody who can score. And uh, this has been a real strange season. Well, and in the spirit, Gary, of that, who are these guys? I mean, even Danny Ainge said on the radio late in the week he doesn't know what to make of this team yet because of all the injuries, rotation changes, just the general lack of consistency that's resulted from those things. Do you believe you know what this team is yet, 30 games in? Because we're damn near the midway point. Yeah, I don't think they know who they are yet, but I'm just tired of blaming injuries. You know, every team gets hurt. Denver doesn't have Will Barton. They haven't had Gary Harris, and they've got lost Paul Millsap. Like, I'm just, like, I'm tired of, like, the, dude, they're injured. You know, they didn't have Horford. I mean, it's just, you know what, every NBA team deals with injuries, right? And now Baines is out, and they're going to have to deal with it. And, you know, that's why they got so much depth, you know? I mean, that's that's why you sign all those players. What did Parcell say back in the day? That's why you lift all those weights. Mm. I mean, for the, for the simple fact of, you know, this is what you do it for, to have, be able to beat teams like the Phoenix Suns. So, the, the, the fact is, is that to me, I just think they've just been disappointments, and it's, it, it, it is really nothing else that can be done um, besides just playing their way out of it. You know, get Orford healthy, get him back, get Morris back. Uh, you know, do you need to sign a big man uh, to take a place of Baines? I think they need that support. Um, I'm not a big. I like Daniel Tice, but I don't. I think rely on him to back up Horford, and then you're throwing Robert Williams out there. That's pretty tough. So this team has some issues, and their schedule, Adam. I mean, you know, what, I think it's a 26 games the next 52 days. Yes, yeah, insane. So every other day they're playing, and the schedule is difficult now. You know, in terms of you know. Talking Sunday, so you know the Christmas Day game, then the road trip to Houston, Memphis, San Antonio, which suddenly becomes a very tough trip because Memphis is better than people thought, and San Antonio now is playing better. So the Celtics are just going to have to figure this out, like on their own. Lots to cover, obviously, with the bigs, many of whom you mentioned. We'll we'll get to them because we're going to talk a lot about them, but just. On the whole, because you're around these guys, you're in that locker room, you're you're with them when it's going well, you're with them when it's not, as it hasn't the last couple, as, again, we chat right now. So given all the inconsistency, how's their confidence just to a man? How are they feeling? I think they feel actually, you know, like they, they're they disappointed, but I think they feel like they could get this done. You know, they've seen what happens when, when they play well and they're successful, but it's just not consistent enough. And then, as I said, then all of a sudden, like, these these losing streaks, these skids are kind of sneaky. Like, they felt really good going into Detroit, and they played, a, you know, they they played a decent first half against Detroit, you know, down a point to a team that was desperate, then they shot 31% in the second half, and they couldn't hit anything. And then, you know, they jump on big, 11-2, 37-26 after one, 
and then suddenly the ball doesn't go in the hoop. And this team has to figure out how to play better when the ball is not going into the basket and, and defensively and stop teams as opposed to getting discouraged by that stuff and then uh, letting, that allow, letting them, you know, allowing that, that to affect how they play on defense, so then suddenly Lucas I mean, I don't keep going point to the Phoenix game, but that to me that was just that was unacceptable. It was ridiculous. I know the Suns had beaten the Knicks and dropped one twenty eight on them, but you let like you know, Aiton goes for Aiton goes for twenty eight and eighteen or twenty three and eighteen. Um, Devin Booker only scores twenty five points, but you let Josh Jackson, you let other people get in, you know. That's just unacceptable. We'll get right back to Gary. I want to tell you today's show is sponsored by Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery heated clothing. Heat on demand at the touch of a button. It's really cool. You can control your environment with Action Heat. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on each charge. Action Heat batteries can also be used to recharge your phone or any other gadget while you're wearing them, so dual purposes. It's nice. Perfect for any friend or family on your holiday gift list. I know that's rapidly approaching. Great for anyone who works outdoors, skiers, snowboarders, anybody that just loves being outside and hates being cold. Action Heat clothing provides toasty warm comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and much more. we got a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash Boston to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash Boston, or use the code BOSTON at checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. Let's build on this conversation with the bigs, because Al Horford, like you said, he's dealing with the knee injury. Uh, this is now, if you include the Bucks game, because I can already tell you he's not going to play in that one, so that's going to be seven straight absences. The team understandably being exceedingly cautious with him, so I'm fine with that. I mean, have him healthy for later. I worry about his long-term future in Boston and what could that could mean contractually and all that stuff, but that's a whole other conversation. So he's out. Gershon Yabuselli has been out, but he'll return. Aaron Baines, as we know, he broke his hand. He projects to miss four to six weeks after surgery. Everyone's on the Time Lord bandwagon, and we can do the Robert Williams conversation. We will. But on the whole, this is a problem. That specific position, an area that it seemed like an area of of real depth on this roster, part of the reason that Danny Ainge said, a couple weeks back that, hey, we don't need Kendrick Perkins because we don't have enough minutes for the guys that we have. Well, right now, there is a total lack of depth. So uh, going back to something that you said before and you wrote about for that matter, you believe this team does need to add a big. Who do you like out there? Well, I mean, if we, I mean the guys who are on the street aren't, I mean, it's just, it, it, it is Perkins or Tyler Zeller. I mean, Zeller would be a guy that we all know what Tyler can do and can't do. He would be a system guy, a guy who knows the offense, something like that. Perk would be more leadership, you know, laying, laying some hammer in the paint, a couple of fat, hard fouls. Hmm. Um, you know, unless you're willing to give up something, you're not going to get a quality big man. But, you know, for Danny to say, well, we've got Gershon. I mean, I like Gershon. One, he's not a center. Let's be honest here. You know, he's a 3-4 and to, to put faith that he's going to really 
you know, pat some support to the bigs, and he's going to help stop, you know, contain DeAndre Ayton and other bigs from just literally gobbling up every rebound, I think is unrealistic. I mean, I think he's a you know, improving player and he's getting more confidence, but it's like Robert Williams out there, Adam. I mean, how much confidence can you have in Robert Williams at this point? He's just learning. He's a pup, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so in Tice, you know, there's times like Tice played 21, re- 21 minutes against the Suns and had three rebounds, like as the primary big, like, you know, you got to rebound more. You know, you can't play 21 minutes and have, you know, have less to rebound or fewer rebounds than a Gordon Hayward. You've got to get in there and get get dirty. Then he gets a lot of, you know, ties to the like a lot of silly fouls, out of position fouls. So, I mean, they do have an issue. Unless they want to play small. And you see what happens if they play small, bigs will dominate them. So, they got to figure something out. Like, you know, you could sign. You know, you could wait till ten days. Um, contracts are available, which is January fifth. So you can essentially you don't have to make a trade. You can like, like you know, hypothetically waive Jabari Bird and then sign a guy to a ten day. You can pull a guy from the D League who's an athlete, has active. You know, like there's plenty of guys out there who can jump, run, rebound, and play real hard. You know, I think that's all you need. Um, who might be a veteran, uh, as opposed to just saying, okay, let's throw Robert Williams out there and Tice. You know, because let's face it, Adam, I mean, I, I can't say that Horford's knee is going to be sound all year. This sounds like something that needs to be addressed. And, and maybe this seven, eight, nine game absence, however he misses, will help it. And I'm sure it will. But will, does that mean he's 100%? I doubt does that it. mean he's. Yeah, he's approaching 85%, and it's good enough to play on. This might be something they have to watch throughout the season. You know, there's Patel to the Niners. So I think they personally need to do something because I think the game, you know, the times, like you said, we're almost halfway through, Admiral. We'll be halfway through the season in early January. Times are a waste, and you're four and a half out as we speak of the number one seed. And you know you got to start making a move. You got Indiana ahead of you. You got Philadelphia ahead of you. Um, you got Milwaukee ahead of you. In addition to Toronto. So if you really look at it, I mean, this is how it's going to be. Well, at the very least, they got to at least maintain home court advantage. We know that. Not that that's a conversation, as you said earlier, we expected to be having in mid December. But regardless, or late December for that matter, that's that's where we are. Uh, so you think he should make a move, Danny Ainge? I agree with you. Ainge, for what it's worth, in this moment, said he doesn't anticipate going out and getting a big. But again, we'll see how things play out, especially as health. Health is always going to dominate what Ainge is going to do to help because you can't just go and throw Marcus Smart at center all the time like Brad Stevens maybe is is open to doing with his whole positionless basketball approach. But how do the C's, do you think, compensate for the loss specifically of Baines, especially defensively? Because he's a clear difference maker. The schedule, like you said, it's about to get not only a whole lot more jam-packed with games every other day the next couple of months, but a lot tougher, too. Your colleague Adam Himmelsbach wrote that over, I, I think it was 16 of the last 20 games have come against teams that have been sub 500. And even a few of the teams that were over 500 are, you know, have been over by a game or two. So, tougher schedule, 
consistent schedule, and again, lacking a significant, in my estimation, and I said this going back to when he was very briefly a free agent and then, of course, autom- almost automatically re-signed, a guy who's really undervalued for what he is and what he brings to this team. Yeah, Bain's a tough loss. I mean, just what he does defensively. And now, I mean, the fact that he can score a little bit around the basket and even stretch the 4 for a three-pointer. I mean, he's hit, uh, I want to say, 12 three-pointers this year. Um, they're just going to have to be more, you know, I hate to sound a scrappier defensively. They're going to need Horford back eventually. They need to be more scrappier defensively, and they're going to have to just kill teams playing small and kind of outscore them. Because as we saw the other night, I mean, DeAndre Ayton is, you know, he's he's a big man, obviously, and he just had his way. And then they couldn't, they couldn't get any defensive rebound. I mean, Phoenix just kept tapping the ball up against the basket until it went in. And you've got to have um, someone to rebound. And so I think they're going to have to throw in Adam. They're going to have to throw in Robert Williams, you know. And they're just going to, you know. But when you throw in Robert Williams, you got to understand besides a dunk or a lot that he's taking, he's really no offensive threat. Yeah, he doesn't have a shot. No. I mean, the other night, I mean, you saw the game. He had an open, clear pass to the basket. He didn't take it. Um, And the other time, he got fouled. He missed both free throws. So you can't really rely on him offensively at this point except for a lot, okay? So you're basically throwing – you know, a young Tyson Chandler out there or something like that, right? Like a, a guy who can yeah, a guy who can jump, lob, dunk, and get you some rebounds because he had seven rebounds in twenty one minutes. That's that's what concerned me out about Tice is Williams goes out there and plays twenty one minutes or whatever, twenty three minutes, gets seven rebounds. Tice plays twenty one minutes, gets three. Um well, they're gonna have to figure this out. They're going to go have to go back to the we can't rebound very good days, which you know was pre Baines. I mean, you remember those teams that just you know Brad basically conceded they were going to get pounded on the boards mm-hmm. every night so, for a few years. That's going to yeah, it lasts for a while until they got Baines, until they were able to get some bigs who could rebound. Um, you know, they got to cross their fingers on poor for getting back. And secondly, they're just going to be, play extremely good small ball defense, and they're going to have to concede that the big is going to dominate. Now, um, you know, is that you're looking at, you know, guys like coming up, Clint Capella, you know, Clint's a very limited offensive guy. Uh, he's not Aiden. He's not going to – he's just going to hit, you know, lobs, dunks, bark the soul in Memphis, you know. Um, so, you, don't, you know, you don't have that – you know, Shaq coming up, or you know, what I'm saying you don't have that dominant big coming up, so they might be able to get away with that. But to me, we're gonna have to figure this out, and someone's gonna have to step up. We'll get right back to the program, but uh, today's show brought to you by Robinhood. It's never a bad time to start thinking about your investment portfolio, whether you're looking to buy or sell stocks, crypto, ETFs. Make sure you sign up for Robinhood. And I know markets can be complicated, but Robinhood makes everything really easy for you. Robinhood is going to build your own customized news feed right when you sign up. They sort certain stocks for you in different collections like the 100 most popular or social media or pharmaceutical. And you'll learn more about it as you go along. Get started early. Sign up. It's extremely easy. All it takes is four taps on your phone to start trading. Best part, Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. You keep all your profits. 
Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at Celtics.Robinhood.com at Celtics.Robinhood.com. Let's get back to the show. A question, Gary, that I've received from a number of people on Twitter, I'm sure you have as well. What's going on with Jalen Brown? We know that he's battled injuries and inconsistency. I have to imagine his confidence has taken a hit. He's started, now he's coming off the bench, doesn't like it, but at least accepts it when the team's winning, now the team's not winning. He's clearly struggled to find his fit on this team, which really isn't something going into the year I anticipated. I thought that was going to be Marcus Morris, not Jalen Brown, even with key players out. He's not the same guy that that he was last year, and the kid can't shoot right now. So, Forget last year's playoffs when he was very good and people started saying another level, another level, and he's getting these comparisons to being a a young Kawhi Leonard when all those trade talks were reportedly going on. Why isn't Jalen Brown the same guy he was even during the regular season last year? It's hard to figure out, Adam. I, I mean, I, I don't think he enjoys. I think that all you know, playing with like Alt Tatum and Hayward. I don't think he enjoyed that. I'm not talking about, like, it wasn't fun, but I don't think he found a niche. And I don't think Jalen's a selfish guy. I just think that, in many cases, uh, he just he just doesn't know how to fit in at this point. And then when he tries, he's trying too hard. He's doing too much, you know, where he's making turnovers or he's trying, he's trying, to, he's trying to be that, you know, I want to use Vinny Johnson, but that microwave guy, you know, the the 10 points in 10 minutes guy, when Mm -hmm. he comes off the bench, he's trying to make a splash. And it's just like, no, Jalen, just play your game. And then, you know, when he gets, there's times when he's gotten hot and and it looked, and he's looked like he's back. But for the most part, Adam, he hasn't. I mean, it's just, he's just been, he struggled. And I don't know if it's the pressure of this contract year coming up and, him looking at some of these guys getting the you know the four year eighty million deal like a Miles Turner um, and these guys getting these rookie extensions and, and Jalen saying I got to play well I got to play well because I got to earn this money and secondly um, I don't want to be Terry hanging out there as a restricted free agent two I know that Tatum's coming right behind me so they're, they're gonna pay him so I got to do what I got to do. And show that I'm a, me see a, uh, on the verge of all being an all star. Not this year, but you know I got all star potential to get that extension and get a lucrative one. Not you know not the, I mean I think it'd be nice. I think he'd like he'd be okay if he got like the Marcus Smart extension. But I think Jalen, I mean you know him, I know him. I mean he wants that four and eighty, right? I mean sure. he feels like hey I'm 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 a, I'm, a, I'm I'm part of this future. I'm a cornerstone. I, that might be what's generated the pressure in him um, and, and the lack of execution and the turnovers and the foul trouble. Um, I think the NBA's new rules really affected him in terms of, like, coming off screens because he was asked to, you know, guard a Kawhi Leonard. He was asked to guard essentially the, the opposing team's best player uh, if they were a three-man, three or four, and he was asked to do that and he was struggling uh, just, you know, coming off screens and making the contact and getting those quick whistles. And I think that affected his confidence. And now that he's come off the bench when he got hurt because, of, you know, sometimes getting hurt is the worst thing. You know, it, it costs you playing time and, 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 and a role. Now he's trying to be the microwave guy. And it just hasn't – it's not a good fix for him. Yeah, it's really kind of – 
a shame. You know, you never want to say that, and I feel like we've had this conversation going back to the offseason before some of these issues reared their ugly head. You never want to say that too much depth is a bad thing. I think you're seeing that it's not just because guys go down, you need that depth, and they've dealt with a lot of no real serious injuries this year, but a lot of miss a game here, miss a game there. The thing with Horford, Hayward missed time, Irving is missed, every Morris, whoever smart, everyone has missed a little bit of time, it feels like. And so you look to guys who can be that microwave guy, and you're right, Jalen can't be that guy. Terry Rozier certainly can't be that guy. He needs 30-plus minutes to feel offensively comfortable and in a rhythm with the game. But, you know, with Brown, going back to what you said about smart, I don't see Jalen being at all happy with, let's say, 4 for 52 like Marcus got because Marcus doesn't, you know, he hasn't had the comparisons to Kawhi Leonard or or great players in the NBA, all-star level players. No one has talked about Smart as being a potential all-star. There's all-defensive team and the winning plays and a, a guy you got to have on a championship team, but Jalen is, is supposed to be this building block, and now you're right. I mean, I think he just doesn't at all know the fit, and I, I guess that it sort of leads to this next question, which is, how much is what we've seen this year, and granted, plenty of time for him to turn things around. It's Again, it's still December, but how much is what we've seen this year impacted his trade value if things should go that way? Has his stock dropped from conversations that we had in the offseason? I mean, I don't, think, I don't think his trade value has dropped dramatically. I think he's still very, thought very highly, and I think team, other teams do understand that the, with the, with the depth, you know, of Boston that, you know, Jalen was going to take a hit statistically, especially with Hayward returning and eating minutes and then Tatum making that jump to from number three guy, four guy to number two guy behind Kyrie, right? So I think everyone kind of understands the situation Jalen is in. I don't think he's damaged goods or he has completely hurt his stock as he had a good season no. Uh, is it probably taking a little bit of a hit? Maybe with some teams, yes. But to say that, oh, man, he's, you know, they can't move him now. No. Uh, 22-year-old freakish athlete uh, who has shown the ability to shoot from the three, who has shown the ability to attack the basket, whose ball handling has improved, who can play very good defense, uh, you know, when he's not fouling, um yeah, I think he's definitely marketable. Uh, and, and, and the question is, you know, what would you, what do you want to get back for Jalen? You know, what, what, what happens there? You know, it, it's going to be an interesting time. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this in future shows where, you know, here comes all these draft picks now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, four potential picks. So they're going to have to make some decisions. They can't have four guys next year and four new guys next year on this team. Okay, so some guys are going to have to go, whether it be a, a Jalen, whether it be, you know, a Gordon. Somebody's going to have to go if, you know, if they have a chance to get, you know, a real cornerstone in this draft. I don't know, you know, let's, you know, the Kings are doing well, but the Zion stuff, that's not going to happen. Um, and so are the Grizzlies, but they have a chance, do have a chance to probably get top 10 picks. So, you know, all this is going to, going to be some, some changes. I don't think, though, one, that Jalen's value is taking a major hit. And two, I think they still very much believe in him. Right back to Gary, but one more thing to tell you about. Guys, you remember the days when you're always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. 
Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You know how they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. <laughs> uh, now, it's not just for guys with dysfunction. It's for any guy who wants extra function and to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy. Best of all, no more awkwardness. They make it in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code CLNS. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, it's Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew. You know how to spell that, C-H-E-W.com, BlueChew.com, promo code CLNS to try it free. Back to Gary. So going back to the offseason, and again, you know, a lot of these issues started to sort of stem my biggest concern for this team, I've talked about this recently on, on other shows, was what this team's effort was going to be on a night-to-night basis because now they were talented enough that they didn't have to go balls to the wall every single game the way they have in past years under Brad Stevens. And sure enough, they haven't. And in fact, after that loss to the Suns, Kyrie Irving, I'm going to play what he had to say, he questions Boston's focus and how much they care again. When we try, we're, we're in the game all the time. And then when we don't, we're clearly not. And then teams are just, we're, you know, we're, we have looked to the refs or anything like that. So for us as a, as a growing team and learning from one another, we just have to continue to build that cohesion. You know, I was just thinking about over when I was in my locker, it's just the NBA season. You know, you just want to have great pockets of games. Um, you have a good, consistent run, and then, you know, now you have a lapse. And now it's build it back up and continue to work every single day. And to be a very great team, like I said, it's, it's a work in progress every day. So, Gary, I get the work in progress thing, but to question how much your team cares about winning when it's on the floor, that's concerning. Yeah, I was I was surprised to hear that from him. Um, and obviously he's kind of the, you know, the, the artery of the team. He understands what's going on. He's been around. He's a champion and Olympic champion, et cetera. So he's been in a lot of locker rooms. And, yeah, I think he said – I, I think he said well, – out of what we were all thinking, that sometimes they just lose interest. And they think, I think, truly, they thought, we got a bad team down 11 after 1, this is a, this is a W. We're here. And then we got them, you know, 73-68 in the third. And they're going to fold eventually, right? And they did. And then all of a sudden, the cells start firing. They get back to their firing threes and trying to make the home run ball and, uh, and then sometimes moving the ball too darn much where, I mean, just so many, you know, the extra pass, pass the ball, or sorry, shoot the ball. No, 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 you, you're making the one last pass, and Rozier darts to the rim to try to get the rebound, and Smart wants to find him for three and throws it out of bounds. These, these plays that are, that are nice and effort, but they need to be they, – they have to be more polished. they got to get this together. And – uh, Kyrie's right. They got to focus, and it can't only be when you play play the good teams. And now the good teams, you, you, you could still focus at them, and they still could lose to a Milwaukee, a Houston, a Philadelphia. Like none of these wins are guaranteed. Phoenix was a guaranteed win if they did what they're supposed to do, right? 
now the guaranteed wins are, are done. Maybe, um, you know, Minnesota-Dallas, after the first year, is a team that games are like, okay, yeah, they should win. The next few, you know, you know, starting with Charlotte has already beaten them. Philadelphia is a monster with a legitimate center who's going to go for 40 and 30 if the Celtics let him. Uh, Houston, Memphis, and San Antonio. You can't, you know, they don't win in San Antonio often. You can't turn around and say they're going to beat the Spurs in, in AT&T Center. Just like that. You, so where are we going here? Are, are, are they are they going to stumble back near the 500 mark? Like, because that's what we're kind of thinking here, right? I mean, there's six games above 500. Like, you don't want to go back to 500, obviously. I mean, you want to start getting 10, 15 games above 500. I mean, Toronto's not going to let off the gas. Neither is Indiana, Philadelphia, or Milwaukee. Like, they've got to do something now. Mon, it's just, you know, it, it's not a skill or talent thing. It's effort. It's desperation. It's desire. It's the, it's the give a bleep meter. To a certain extent, that does come back to coaching. And look, I love Brad Stevens, but how is this issue corrected? Because it, it seems like it just can't all come from the players. That's a good question. I mean, I don't know how much... The only way you're going to motivate guys is by denying them playing time, changing roles, like Brad said, like in, in, and he did some in some of these games earlier, you know, going to the, the hockey shift, putting five new guys in the game, mm. you know, benching guys, you know, in the fourth quarter, not letting, you know, guys usually play those key fourth quarter minutes, let them sit and watch, and let's see what happens. Let's see what happens when Robert Williams is out there trying his, his butt off and, you know, uh, a Tice or whoever, Horford is, is sitting and watching. Like, you know, that's the only way to really get through to these guys. It's got to be within. I mean, these the players have to figure this out. You know, the Marcus Morrises and some of these leaders have to come in and say, guys, like, we got to give for full 48. Like, we are not good enough. We are not the Warriors. We have done nothing. Okay, we went to the Eastern Conference Finals two years in a row. We lost two years in a row. We have done nothing. We are not some accomplished ball club who has won championships and can turn on. We are not the 2010 Celtics, you know, the – the 48-win Celtics or whatever that went to the final. Like, we're not that team. We're not Garnett. We're not Pierce. We're not Allen. Like, we haven't done what they've done. So, that the, 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 you know, who knows, Adam? They could pull that off. They could win 48, 52 games, turn on, and get to the finals. We wouldn't, I don't think any of us would be surprised that that happened. But you can't rely on that. you got to step up. And I think it's the leaders of the team, the Kyries, the Marcus Morrises, the Horfords, even the Hayward. Hayward's got to take more of a leadership role instead of being the kind of the cool hand, Luke, kind of, hey, I'm just trying to figure this thing out. Like, it's, we're 30 in, Gordon. You're part of this team now. Like, you got to take responsibility for when you don't play well, and you got to be more of a leader. You're, you, you know, you're pushing 30. You're not 30 yet, but, you know, you're 28 years old. You're an all-star. Like, the kind of being to himself thing has got to, that's got to end with Gordon. Gordon's got to be more of a leader, too. Gary, I saved this for the end because it's really the least important topic in terms of what's imminent, but Adrian Wojnarowski got the Anthony Davis conversation going again a few days ago on a podcast with Zach Lowe when he talked about the C's hawking Davis for years, wanting to land him over the summer or before next year's trade deadline. Honestly, listening to this, it was nothing new. It just made news because it was Woj saying it. But what's the latest you know or believe on the Davis Celtics rumblings? 
I mean, I was obviously Adam is an interest. I mean, one of the best players in the league, top two, three players in the league. Okay, one as we know, they can't trade for him this year unless they include Kyrie in the deal. I don't think that's going to happen. Right. Secondly, secondly, let's look at trying to you know acquire him next year. You could do that. Okay. The question is this: one, you have to re-sign him. Okay. And then, how much in luxury taxes does this ownership group want to swim in? Okay. Because if you if you're going to have to re-sign Kyrie, you're going to have to re-sign if Jalen comes up and turns it on. He's doing extension, okay? Horford's going to opt out, likely, and then want to come back for three years, $60 million, something like that. He'll go, he'll take a reduced salary, 30 to 20 maybe, for the extended time, okay? So you save $10 million there, and you still have Gordon on your books. Are they, are you, okay, so you add Davis, unless you include Kyrie, I don't think that's going to happen, because you got to re-sign Kyrie, you add Davis to that, so now you've got Davis, Horford, Hayward, and Irving. In addition to Jalen's extension potentially, and then Tatum coming up in twenty. Well, okay. but not to not. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I I'm assuming, as I think you would too, and we can get into a specific package if if we want here, but. If Anthony Davis is coming over, all those guys you just mentioned, they won't all still be here. No, no, no. So I guess my point was, Adam, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to. Who do you want to trade for Davis? That's the thing. Sure. Number one, you want to, they're gonna ask for Tatum. You want to trade Tatum? Some people, yeah, get him out of. You know, I'll trade Tatum for Tatum. Okay. Are you sure you want to do that? I don't want okay. to do it. How do you want to do it? No, I don't want to trade a twenty-year-old potential all-star. For a guy who's uh, 26 and is going to give you, and I like Davis, but he's a 65 game a year guy. Yeah, deals right? with a lot of injuries. Yeah, he's going to give you 65 to 70 games a year. He's a tremendous player, but he's never won. Okay, um, you know. So my thing is, is that in a perfect world, um, you would like for them to take Hayward, right? And which would be perfect, but is, is, is that, that that contract could, could essentially become an albatross? But and also, you know, I think and I think Hayward has a player option after next season, but I would sure he would take it. So it gets murky because in a perfect world, you would want to give up Tatum, you would give up Brown, Hayward, some picks. The Pelicans. Remember, they lost Chris Paul, right? And they, the New Orleans franchise, they didn't make a lot out of that deal. They didn't get a lot out of that. Bill Dibbs, the GM, is not going to trade Anthony Davis for scraps or for, like, you know, Hayward, Brown, and two for – like, I just don't see that happening. Um, I think they're going to ask for a ransom, and, and they're going to try to re-sign him. So it gets murky. And I think there's a possibility of it, but who do you want to give up? That's the thing. I mean, you wouldn't give up Tatum, I wouldn't give up Tatum, but really the most important opinion here is obviously that of Danny Ainge. Do you think Danny would give up Tatum in a deal for Davis? That's a good – I think – no, I don't I don't think he – I think that would be his last resort. And, you know, 
I but just think, but last know, last resort, he'd do it, or it's a deal breaker. I think it might be a deal breaker, in my opinion. But I just think you look at Tatum; he's a young he's a young guy. He doesn't turn twenty one until March, so um, this is a guy who's his his future's ahead of him, right? I mean, completely. He's just he's a he's a pup. He's a baby, and he's you know has shown the ability to take over games. Okay. The question is, do you if do you think Davis brings you a championship? Do you think the team that you construct with Davis, regardless of what you because you got to give up guys, is that a championship caliber team? Is Davis a championship player? I think all that you have. To, uh, I, I'm not sure. I like Anthony Davis. He looks great, but he he the dropping 45 and losses. I mean, it just doesn't do much. For me, the Pelicans, hey, they made the second round last year. They did a good job. But I don't know. Anthony's never played on the big stage. So I I am not as high. I'm not saying I'm as high on him. I'm very high on him. I'm not as high on selling everything in the kitchen sink to get him in Boston, and that will be the answer. I'll let you go with this, and uh, it's – just for fun, really, because honestly, we could be years away from actually getting an answer to the question. But Anthony Davis to the Celtics, you had to put a percentage on it. What would it be? Oh boy, uh, I'd say like thirty. I mean, and, and that's not good, but I do think there's a chance. I do think it's something they explore. I think you would be silly not to. Danny Ainge would be silly not to uh, call Dale Dimps and say, "What would it take?" And are you trying to move him, and is he looking to leave? And also, remember, Davis is a free agent. After next season, you're going to have to re-sign him the same summer, uh, you know, along with, you know, Kyrie. So two max deals, Horford. You would like someone to take Hayward eventually. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, So it's a lot going on there. I mean, logistically, it's a lot happening. Gary, this was great as always. I really appreciate it. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You too. Thanks a lot, Adam. So, 30%. All right. Something for you guys to think about. I know everyone's on the Anthony Davis conversation right now because, again, when Woj speaks, we listen. And, you know, Gary's a guy that I listen to, too. Obviously, incredibly well-connected, especially in Boston, not to mention across the NBA. And so, uh, it's always an interesting conversation. It it really is. But great stuff from Gary and, and more imminent as i said even going into that davis conversation you know far more imminent the situation with the bigs and what happens with the celtics and are they going to slide to that 500 mark with this schedule that's coming up because it is incredibly tough going to get some more games on the road the every other day competition and uh, a much tougher competition than what we've seen as of late so hopefully we'll have some good news in future podcasts in the new year to come but we got another show before that and a whole lot more excitement as it concerns Celtics beat as well. Once again, today's show sponsored by Action Heat. Save 20% on your order by going to actionheat.com slash Boston. That's actionheat.com slash Boston. Or use the promo code Boston at checkout to save 20%. Today's show also brought to you by Robinhood. Get a free stock when you sign up at celtics.robinhood.com. Also, this show is brought to you by Blue Chew. Visit bluechew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code CLNS. Just pay $5 shipping. That's it. 
Thanks again, Gary, my producer, Evan, uh, Nick, Larry, John, everybody at CLNS Media. Most importantly, you. You guys make all the difference. We appreciate when you find us on iTunes, on Stitcher. Get me on Twitter, at Adam M. Kaufman. Always happy to engage with you to talk season. I know there's a lot to talk about and debate with this team right now. And, uh, again, subscribe, as you are always encouraged to do on iTunes. Just search Celtics Beat subscribe, leave us feedback. We appreciate five-star reviews if you feel so kind, or just tell us what you like, what you don't like. We can always get better. This show is definitely going to get better in the new year to come, but we've got another show even before that, so don't worry about the new year just yet. There's lots of excitement coming up with this program and uh, just a, a ton of good stuff, I hope, with this team. I want more Gino in the new year. I want to hear this. I want to see the man dancing on the Jumbotron, and I just want everyone to stop worrying about this team because uh, it's not fun. The shows are, are better when we're talking about things going well and getting excited for playoff runs and things like that. But hey, trade deadline's not far away either. But uh, all right, I'm rambling. I'm going to go. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah if you already celebrated. Happy holidays in general. And uh, talk to you real soon. Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast. Or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.